Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Song Topsy Report. I am Nick Brigadier, and happy Easter slash April Fool's Day. So today we have a very special episode for you guys. Did you know that the first iteration of the Song Topsy Report actually dates back to 1934? That's right. The original version of this show was a radio broadcast that was on during the Great Depression. And today, we have unearthed an original recording of that original show, just for you guys. Uh, It's a little scratchy here and there, uh, but I think you'll enjoy hearing how the whole thing began. So, with that, kick back and enjoy the show. A dissection is Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Song Topsy Report Variety Hour, sponsored by Lucky Strikes Cigarettes. Lucky Strikes, pin down your addiction to nicotine. We are so thrilled to have you here, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Slick Bridge, and with me is my trusty co-host, Ace Adams. And we have a special guest with us here today, uh, a uh, Mr., uh, I want to make sure I'm pronouncing this correctly, uh, Jack Benny, is that right? Really? You don't know who I am. Jack Benny, should we know you? Do you do some work on the radio, on the old talking box? Well, isn't this a pleasant diversion from my life of fame and fortune? Fame and fortune? Very out of touch with the average American these days. Do you know there's a depression going on? Yes, America, this is Jack Benny. And no, I don't know what I'm doing here either. My agent practically forced me to appear on this program. He seemed to really think it was going somewhere. And after the past two minutes, I agree. The trash heap of history. Well, I would take, I would give my hats off to your agent if I could afford one. Ha ha ha! Oh, we have fun here, but seriously, I can't afford a hat. Ace, how have you been as of late? Ah, you know, uh, since the old market crashed there, it's been uh, it's been a uh, tough living, tough living. I'm... Yes, I know. If I recall correctly, you invested everything in the stock market. Every last penny of it. Let me tell you, my my boy uh, Johnny Madoff there down on Wall Street, he really uh, really screwed the pooch on this one. I'll tell you. Oh. So if I'm to if I'm to be correct, and yes. your program is about music. Is this correct? Well, listen here, Mr. Benny. What we do here on the Song Topsy Report Variety Hours, sponsored by Lucky Strike Cigarettes, is take some of the hoppiest music out there, and we uh, we bring it down a peg, you know? There's a, there's a lot of musicians out there who think that they're the bee's knees. And what we're here to do is show them that their level of expertise and their level of stardom that they think they've achieved might, in fact, not be at the level that they think it is. You know, I'm something of a musician myself. I play the violin. I'm actually legally required to emphasize the quotes around the word play due to a particularly, shall we say, well-reviewed performance at the Hollywood Bowl last year. Though, I will say that the whole concert, the audience was glued to their seats. That was the only way I could get them to sit down. Listen here, Mr. Benny. Listening to you is more exhausting than running from a dust bowl. 
But you know what? I feel like I'm in the mood to hear some music. I don't know about you, Ace. Hey, I'm all about uh, all about the music there, Slick. Let's uh, let's get right to it. Well, Ace, you might regret what you just said there, because what we're going to be talking about is the newest hit by Glenn Miller. Oh, the Glenn Miller man. Oh, man, he makes my ears bleed every time I hear him come on this stage. Because ah. it's not just him. It's him and his band. You know, Glenn Miller, just by himself, I could maybe tolerate, but you surround him with a bunch of musicians, I just lose it. But don't take our word for it, ladies and gentlemen. Here's a little bit of the latest song by Glenn Miller, In the Mood. Boy, you know what that puts me in the mood for? What? Killing myself. Oh, tell me about it. I gotta say, I have not been so disappointed in America since we started letting the Irish in. I didn't realize this show was going to be utilizing blue material. What do you mean blue material? We're just truth-sayers here on the Song Tops Report Variety Hour, sponsored by Lucky Strike Cigarettes. Lucky Strikes, smoke a turkey. Is that really what the copy says? Smoke a turkey. The copy, they only gave us about three or four, but they require us to say a different tagline every time we mention the name of the cigarette brand. Because nothing quite hits like Lucky Strikes, the number one treatment for asthma, recommended by doctors. That's true. I have I have my son Bobby on six packs a day. He doesn't cough anymore. He doesn't do much of anything. But I love him so. He was a bit of a chatterbox before, but now he's nice and quiet. Because after, after a long day at work, I just want to come home to a quiet house. You know, there's a lot of stress out here, folks. A lot of stress looking for jobs. A lot of stress dealing about, worrying about the economy. And nothing like quiet, sedated children to come home to. I hear you send them to the coal mines next year. Stop burning the extra dough. Yes, you know, I, I would almost argue six packs of Lucky Strike cigarettes has prepared him for working in a coal mine better than any other treatment possibly could. Now, I usually don't have a lot to say about the politics of the day. But when it comes to saving money, I can surely say that the coal mine companies have got the right idea. Children don't need to be paid that much for that kind of work. I concur wholeheartedly. I think you should be paid by your height. If you're shorter, if you're a child, you're shorter. You shouldn't be paid as much as a five foot eleven adult, such as myself. Ace over here is six foot seven inches. Why aren't you living in a mansion? I was wondering why it got so shady so fast. You know, when it rains, Ace over here is the first to know. That's some clean humor for you if that blue stuff was getting too much. His head does take on the appearance of an open umbrella. What can I say? You know, I'm the first one to feel the weather. It's a little, uh, <laughs> it's the atmosphere of pressure up here. I That's probably you. why you've been struck by lightning four times. You know, and they say that there's a correlation between the amount of air you were able to intake and your general level of discourse. And without a doubt, I can say, you are a doctor's dream. All I know there, Jack, is that you are full of hot air. I've been called worse. Particularly by my wife. You know, at this point, the worst thing someone might call you is Glenn Miller, because I gotta say, this hack right here is positively ruining music. I mean, this is music that one could uh, dance to, but not, not the kind of wholesome dancing that I did with my beloved wife on our wedding night. The kind of dancing that leads to Satan. 
Satan, you say? Yes, yes, right, straight, straight down to Satan. <laughs> Where all the single mothers and Roman Catholics are. Have you... Boys, like, you really hate those Roman Catholics, let me tell you. I was at a dance hall not three nights ago hearing Mr. Glenn Miller's music playing, and you should have seen the ankles. Now, have... I've never seen so many ankles in one place at one time. Have either of you ever actually been to one of Glenn's concerts? No. I got as close as I could, and I said, no, sir, and I went back to my wife and my sedated child. Now, I am a friend of Glenn's. Are you now? And the tickets for his concerts sell for $5 to $100. But for my concerts, the $5 seats are down in front. The farther back you go, the more you have to pay. The $100 seats are the last two rows, and those tickets go like hotcakes. In fact, if you pay me $200, you don't have to come at all. That's some self-deprecating humor there, folks. Boy, I haven't had $5 since 1929. Right, right before you lost it all in the big stock market crash. What were you invested in, for the most part, Ace? Refresh my memory. I put it all in the into rubber ducks there, Slick. You put it in a rubber ducks. Now, what made you think that industry was going to float? Well, you know, everyone takes baths, and I was just like... Not me. <laughs> I haven't bathed in years. I was wondering why it smelled slightly better out here than it did out by the dump. Well, Ace, I'm very sorry about your loss of investment, but uh-uh. on the plus side, you have a plethora of rubber ducks in your backyard now. And I think when that market rebounds, which will be any day now, you will have a thriving market with which to sell your rubber ducks. That's right. It's like, I hope you're right on that one. It has been a very troubling, troubling couple of years. Absolutely it has. These are the kinds of years where someone like Glenn Miller is popular. Let's hear a little bit more of that Satan music. Boy, I haven't wanted to jump out of a building and kill myself since my wife left me and I lost all my money. But Glenn Miller, boy, he just brings me to a whole different level of just sadness and shame. The only level he brings me to is a different level of hell. The point I want to drive home, ladies and gentlemen, is that Glenn Miller is Satan music and should be treated as such. This is going so well. (laughs) I can't wait to have the conversation I want to have with my agent when this hell is over with. Funny you mentioned talking, because right now we have to take a quick break because the President of the United States here has a fireside chat for all of you that he wants to hear. We'll take a break, but we'll be right back with the Song Topsy Report Variety Hour, sponsored by Lucky Strike Cigarettes. Stay tuned. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States. My fellow Americans, the date is March 30th, 1934, a date which will live until the end of the day. I come to you today, my friends, to address your government's actions over the last year and to answer some criticisms that have been brought up regarding these actions. In the year since my election, the Congress and myself have sought to stem the tide of hopelessness and paralysis that many of you fine folks have been stuck with by passing the Glass-Steagall legislation. Such a law will provide for future Americans protection from merged banks that if left unchecked 
could become what I like to call too big to succeed. Do you like that? Coined it myself. Many of the bill's critics have made repeated protestations as to the unfair burdens it places on banking. It's not as if, they say, such a bill were to ever be repealed, the banks would immediately re-engage in the same behaviors that caused the 29 crash, and within another decade, cause yet further financial disaster. Surely, they would have learned their lesson. Well, I'd rather not take that chance, would you? In addition to these reforms, we have been active in relief efforts to lift the specter of unemployment and underemployment from our nation. To that end, the Congress has passed many acts designed to embolden an equitable and prosperous workforce. The Farm and Industrial Recovery Acts, the Food Stamps Program, and in the coming year, you will also begin to hear talk of a National Labor Relations Act, which will help strengthen the ability of laborers to negotiate collectively for themselves. Yes, sir, our National Recovery Administration is hard at work, bridging the gaps between workers, businesses, and government in order to create a more harmonious and effective economy. Surely, the initials NRA will forever be remembered in America as synonymous with harmony and sensibility. Finally, my friends, I wish to address my critics who have begun to murmur their opposition to the admittedly drastic expansion to the office of the president that has occurred since my election. They crow against my creation of new boroughs and administrations that they say edge dangerously close to infringing on the powers enumerated only to the Congress. Even those close to me have privately inquired as to the ultimate course of these actions. Mr. President, they ask me, even if you yourself are to be trusted, who is to say the next fellow that comes along would be ably as prepared? What if he is corrupt? What if he is an ignorant, supremely arrogant, venal liar? What if the next president to wield this office is a man seemingly incapable of making a good decision? Even if the only decision available to him was the good one, he was somehow able to make the bad decision. What if, hypothetically speaking, he was an orange buffoon? I, of course, use orange in a hypothetical sense. He could be possibly purple or green. Nope, just purely hypothetical on my part to use the color orange. To all this and more, I say, I trust the American people. For while that great body politic voted for Jackson and Harding, it also voted for a Lincoln, a Wilson, and another Roosevelt. For though we are all capable of erring as humans do, we are also capable of great wisdom and heroism as well. And so it is up to us all as Americans to see our nation through our troubled times and to be ever watchful for the creeping crawl of tyranny. <coughs> Hitler! <coughs> Apologies, dear listeners, a touch of the rheumatism. 
Remember always, my fellow Americans, that together we cannot fail. Good night and God bless. An orange person? I never heard of something so crazy. Could you imagine a purple president? Boy, it'd be like the... It's amazing to me that someone could just pass out like that in the middle of a sentence and still remain upright. (laughs) Oh, I hear rumors he doesn't remain upright very often. (laughs) Well, you'd know better than I would. (laughs) The other person I know who isn't upright that often is Asa's wife. How's she doing? It's a little more blue humor for you over there, Jack, in case it was getting too clean for you. Seriously, Ace's wife is a lovely woman. Boy, Slick, that's what you say every time I catch you uh, chilling out in the kitchen when I come home from work. Yep. It's not a bit anymore, folks. He actually did catch me in his kitchen one time. That's an interesting expression, chilling. I've never heard that before. Is that original to you? Did you just come up with oh, that? It's, it's it almost sounds like it's from a different time. Ah, it's because he left the fridge open. It was cold. Oh, yes, yes. It was quite cold in there, and you know, not everyone here can even afford a refrigerator, so to be chilling in the kitchen. If I remember correctly, I believe the current nomenclature is icebox. Boy, this guy's a real wet blanket, isn't he? <laughs> he's a chilled blanket if he's in your kitchen, though. Now, Ace, we have another song here that we want to talk about here on the Song Topsy Report Variety Hours, sponsored by Lucky Strikes Cigarettes. Lucky Strikes. Split the difference. (laughs) Now, the song that we're talking about (laughs) is called Big Rock Candy Mountains. And I believe, Ace, you have a uh, you have something of a personal anecdote around this song. Ah, ah, yes, that's uh, that's uh, that's right, Slick. You see, the, the, the Big Rock Candy Mountains uh, just reminds me, I had an adventure out there one time. But yes, but what, what are the Big Rock Candy Mountains? You know what, actually? Let me just play a moment of this song to give the audience an idea of what we're talking about, and then I very much want to hear the story. One evening as the sun went down and the jungle fire was burning, down the track came a hobo hiking, and he said, boys, I'm not turning. I'm headed for a land that's far away Beside the crystal fountains So come with me, we'll go and see The big rock candy mountains Sounds like a drunkard to me. Hey, let me tell you, uh, believe it or not, I thought it was a crazy hobo story myself, but the, the big rock candy mountains is a mythical hobo oasis. Anyways, so here's what happened. It was uh, October 29th, 1929. Wait, why don't we tell this story through a dramatization? All right. Well, it was October 29th, 1929, and I was strolling down to visit my broker, Johnny Madoff, down at Wall Street. And as you know, well and good, he convinced me to invest everything I had, every last penny. He had me set up to make a fortune. He was really the butterfly boots at the stock game, if you know what I'm saying. Anyway, I do. That's an appropriate expression for this time period. Anyways, I heard a shopping cart wheeling around the corner. It was a hobo. <coughs> hey there, pal. <coughs> you got any change? <coughs> I'll get a job, you bum. And suddenly I heard a crashing sound from across the street. Ah! Oh, and there he was, old Johnny Madoff himself, lying dead on the ground, hurled himself off a building. He must have been at least six stories up. Oh, horse feathers, Johnny boy, what do you do? What are you going and doing that for? What is happening? The hobo will give me a concerned look. <laughs> Didn't you hear? Market crashed. Everyone lost everything. 
Oh, applesauce! You mean to say I've lost everything? Well, I suppose it was a good run. It's been nice knowing you, pal. Whoa, hold up there, mister. Don't be a wet blanket and go shooting yourself. <laughs> so uh, come with me, and you'll see in... <laughs> bah, mind your beeswax. Where on earth are you gonna go that could make life any better? I have nothing. Why, the Big Rock Candy Mountains. In the Big Rock Candy Mountains, there's a land that's fair and bright. Where the handouts grow on bushes and you sleep out every night. Where the boxcars all are empty and the sun shines every day. On the birds and the bees and the cigarette trees, the lemonade springs where the bluebird sings in the Big Rock Candy Mountains. Now I'll tell you boys, that, that hobo had a voice like the prettiest canary you ever heard. And I wasn't... But I wasn't immediately convinced. I uh, figured it was just a crazy hobo story. But at this point, I'd lost everything and honestly was ready to throw it all away. So I followed him all the way to the train tracks. <laughs> all right, now, we got to get ourselves on this train here. It's heading west. <laughs> all right, come on. <laughs> you there, you no good hobo train hoppers. Stop what you're doing. The police found us, boys, and let me tell you, they were not pleased with our presence around these trains. Gee, the railroad folks sure aren't happy with us. Ignore them. Come on. They opened fire as I jumped for the boxcar. They shot me in the leg as I jumped, and I only half made it into the car and was struggling to, to fill and fully get on board. Oh, man, these fellas are trying to bump me off. Hold on tight. <coughs> You wouldn't believe it, but these coppers were so determined to stop us, they released the dogs, and one of them got me by the leg. Ah, ah, I've got you. <laughs> I tell you, that hobo saved my life that day as he grabbed me by the arms and hoisted me into the boxcar. Gee, thanks, pal. Oh, boy, I'm bleeding out pretty bad. I sure hope this place is worth it. Uh, don't worry, I'll patch you up. <laughs> oh. He has a terrible cough, that hobo. Sound it off. You got quite the cough there, pal. <laughs> oh, I just, just a case of the black lung. <coughs> but that'll get fixed in the Big Rock Candy Mountains. Now here, have some of this here hair of the dog. In the Big Rock Candy Mountains, all the cops have wooden legs. And the bulldogs all have rubber teeth. And the hens lay soft-boiled eggs. The farmer's trees are full of fruit, and the barns are full of hay. Oh, I'm bound to go where there ain't no snow, where the rain don't fall, the wind don't blow in the big rock candy mountains. Now that hobo, he, uh, he, he didn't lie. He patched me up great. I was pretty woozy from the blood loss, though, but he kept feeding me the booze. I swear he was like a mobile bootleg he was. After a few minutes ride, we had arrived. <laughs> this is our stop. Boy, that was quick. I had no idea the mythical Big Rock Candy Mountains was so close. Let's go. But the train is going full speed. Come on now. We're nearly there. When we get there, I'll give you a two. Well, all right. So I leaped and landed amongst the largest porcupine you've ever seen. I really started him, and he covered me in quills when he was running all over the place from head to toe. Dad, a boy. No, there. You look worse than the quiff sitting in a church. Here, take a couple of these. I'm not sure how much further I'm going to make it, pal. Follow me this way. We're here. And there it was. 
I couldn't believe my eyes, the big rock candy mountains. Hobos everywhere, whiskey streaming down the rocks, actual lake of stew. Rainbows were everywhere, I couldn't believe my eyes, the colors were amazing. Now, I may have been slightly delirious from all my injuries, but boy, I'll tell you, whatever that hobo gave me made me feel really good. It was really the cat's meow. Here, friend, take a swig. Now, I was a little bent and had taken a sleep under a shade tree, but during my slumber, I felt a dull sort of pain and awoke suddenly, and I swear what happened next was the strangest thing. All the hobos they gathered, all covered in tinfoil. The, the bright lights shone from above. I, a flying saucer right there beaming up the hobos. I felt panicked for a second and tried to scramble to my feet, but I saw a hobo friend, and he grabbed me tight and he gave me a smile. Don't worry. Everything is perfect. Now go back to sleep. The big rock candy mountain has us now, and soon we'll be sitting pretty. Thank you. Oh, yeah. It was strange, he sounded so much better, healthier, didn't have a cough at all. And then he sang to me as I drifted back to sleep. In the big rock candy mountains, the jails are made of tin. And you can walk right out again as soon as you are in. There ain't no short handle shovels, no axes, saws, or picks. I'm a-gonna stay where you sleep all day, where they hung the Turk that invented work in the big rock candy mountains. I came to, covered in vomit and blood. All the hobos were gone, the oasis was gone, and all I had was a bunch of stitches on my chest and a pain in my side. I'll never know what happened. Sometimes I feel like that hobo was an angel sent to save me. I thank God every day for meeting him. This scar shows that the big rock candy mountain changed me forever, for the better. I mean, Ace. It sounds like the hobo tricked you, drugged you, and stole one of your lungs. No doubt Big Rock Candy Mountain permanently changed you. You're living with one lung now. Well, who's to say? I think it will forever be a mystery. Well, I could be wrong, but it really sounds like one of your organs was harvested. Well, gee whiz, if that's true, then uh, that hobo made out like a bandit. I've got some of the best lungs because I only smoke doctor-recommended Lucky Strikes. Lucky Strikes. Smoke them because your parents do. You know, after listening and unfortunately participating in that entire exchange, I've all, I remember something that I've always said, and that's gags die, but humor doesn't. Though you two are certainly giving murder the old college try. And I gotta say, Ace, I've done plenty of radio dramas in my day, and when you write a dramatization where every line ends with coughs profusely, does a number on the old lungs here, more so than, uh, fucking Lucky Strike cigarettes. It's better than oxygen. But you know what, Ace? We have to take another quick break uh, here on the Song Topsy Report Variety Hour, but I think we, uh... We have a commercial coming up for a product that I think would benefit all of us, including those of us with um, one lung. Sit tight, ladies and gentlemen. We will be right back. Ouch! Why, say there, little Jimmy. What happened? Oh, nothing, sir. I just fell and scraped my knee while chasing this giant hoop with a stick. Nothing? Why, Jimmy, a scraped knee like that could get infected in no time. Here, you need some of this new miracle tonic that's been sweeping the medical community. What is it, sir? That's certainly a big bottle. Introducing Just Arsenic, the universal cure-all for scrapes, bumps, bruises, runny nose, headaches, and syphilis. 
Jeepers, mister. That stuff sounds like the bee's knees. How does it work? It's simple, Jimmy. All it takes is just three drops in each of your eyeballs, and whatever ails you is cured. Here, let me show you. Oh, gee, I, I didn't think we'd be doing it right now, but okay. Now, don't blink, Jimmy. We want the medicine to work now. Just Arsenic is a unique tonic of 100% pure arsenic that is positively upending the medical community with its miraculous medicinal qualities. Gee, mister, this... Uh, this sure feels funny. Also, the world seems to be getting darker. That just means it's working, Jimmy. Just Arsenic has been featured in all of the finest Hearst publications and has the full backing of the FDA. Well, Jimmy, how's that scraped knee feeling now? I feel dizzy. I'm not surprised, Jimmy. My head was spinning too when I heard how low the price was for me to get my hands on this miracle drug. For the low, low cost of 20 cents, the same as an automobile here in this depression-ravaged America, just arsenic can be yours for you and your family. Now, when you think uh, of arsenic, uh, you're probably... Uh, 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 Golly, Jimmy! That must have been some bad scrape you got. What you need is some more Just Arsenic. Here, let me see those eyeballs again. I don't want any more arsenic. Now, Jimmy, you want to feel better, don't you? Now let me pour some more arsenic into your eyes. Well, where's my mom? All right, uh, Fred, can we hold Jimmy down here no. for a second? He seems to not want to take his medicine. I'm so now, weak. Jimmy, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy, Fred, fetch uh, the toothpicks. We gotta keep these eyeballs wide uh, open. Uh, oh. <laughs> Golly, if I had known about just arsenic, I would have given it to my youngster, lickety-split. I certainly would have purchased it and dropped at least a few sips of it into both of your drinks. I really appreciate that. I don't know what you think ails us, but I certainly wouldn't be opposed to feeling better. You know, I've had that pain in my side for a long time. I'm sure the arsenic could really do the trick. You know, Ace, I'm no medical expert, but I feel like if you actually lost a lung, you wouldn't be standing here, or standing, or in any capacity, here. Whatever mythical beings came down for those hobos, I'll tell you, they got the best medical devices in the world. No doubt about it. I don't know. Those hobos are probably Catholics, using the, your stolen lung as a graven image to worship. Boy, I think I really hate those Roman Catholics, let me tell you. I just don't want this country led by a bunch of Pope lackeys. Well, at least it's not the Jews, right? Hey, now. I'm sorry. No, don't cut that What are you saying, Ace? Cut it out? Excuse me. I'm going to let that one go due to the fact that I have way, way more money than you do. And am incredibly famous. I, w I would go so far as to argue, though, that Ace's opinions about the Jewish people are consistent with how many of us here feel during these times, 1934. Well, maybe not everyone. I'm certainly feeling a little bit better about the notion that at some point in the very near future, you will die due to your lack of lungs. Well, listen, when you only have one lung, as far as I'm concerned, anything goes. Which leads us right into our next song, which is another godless heathen song from Broadway. The song is called Anything Goes. And rewound the clock Since the Puritans got a shock When they landed on Plymouth Rock If today Any shock they should try to stem Instead of landing on Plymouth Rock 
Mormon here is already proposing that the Puritans who landed be murdered, which I, for one, a God-fearing Catholic, am strongly opposed to. Did I say Catholic? I meant Protestant. <laughs> I'm certainly not a closeted Catholic who hates other Catholics. Gee there, Slick, it makes me wonder sometimes about that cross you bear on your chest. The cross I bear is my own to carry, and God damn it, I'm not going to let any of you hear I'm it. I'm certainly glad this episode doesn't land on some sort of high Christian holiday. Because if that were the case, this line of humor, if one were to call it that, would certainly be considered ill-timed and in poor taste. Though ill-timed and in poor taste seems to be this show's oeuvre. Well, I'll tell you this much. If, uh, if, if Jesus Christ himself had a choice between a second time up on the cross or having to sit down and listen to Ethel Merman for a night, I think he'd get back up on the cross. Damn right. He would die for our sins as many times as was required to save our souls. And if you want something well-timed and in great taste, try some Lucky Strike cigarettes. Lucky Strike cigarettes. The minty, fresh smell goes right through your nostrils, and the secondhand smoke enhances your family life. That's the only copy that is actually officially written down. I think it was pretty long-winded. <laughs> but yes, Ethel Merman is a godless heathen. You're right there, Ace. Jack, you've grown silent. I feel as though growing silent is probably the best action one could take to save their career. Fortunately, neither of you two have one to concern yourselves with. Oh, I don't know there, Jack. I have a feeling that the song Topsy Report Variety Hour will have a long and prosperous life well into this century and the 21st century. If they could find two to three more inappropriate and downright moronic human beings to run this program, I'll eat my hat. All I'm saying is it's women like Ethel Merman are the reason women can't vote. Her name is pronounced Ethel. And the women got the right to vote some decade ago. Oh, shit, it was in the 20s? <laughs> yes, that <laughs> was in 1918, or 1919, or 1920. Also, Ethel is a fairly commonplace name. Ethel sounds like some sort of gasoline variant. Though, given the amount of time I've known you, it seems as though you'd be more familiar with one than the other. In olden days, a glimpse of stocking was looked on as something shocking. Now heaven knows, anything goes. Good office too, who once knew better words, now only use more letter words, writing wrong. Anything goes. She seems to be celebrating the depraved life that we have all succumbed to. Four letter words? How about stop? Stop sinning, Ethel! It's the only four-letter word I want to be hearing right now. I was at a party thrown by Cole Porter once. And he Cole kept, Porter, who wrote this song. He kept putting his hand on my ass. And when I would catch him on it, he'd give me one of his little smiles and say, Anything goes. And I told him if his hand went anywhere else that evening, he would have to start paying me. 
You know, they call him Cole because he's going to be thrown in the fires of hell after he dies for writing this depraved heathen song. I'm mad today and good bad today and black white today and day is tight today and those guys today that women cry today are just silly gigolo. my world unconventional i want it as conventional as possible the way god intended this show yes it's mr. like ben. an this show is like a an hors d'oeuvre i was once served at a fancy party in that it reminds me of a ham sandwich cut into 40 pieces you know that's known as a banquet here in the depression why, just yesterday, I had a bologna sandwich. Well, not really a bologna sandwich. I had a cubic inch of it, because that was all we could afford. Maybe if I spent less money on Lucky Strike cigarettes, I'd be able to afford food for my family. Lucky Strike cigarettes, worth starving your family over. It's here If anything goes, I hope Ethel goes away. <laughs> Couldn't agree with you more there, Ace. I certainly also agree that she should go away. Jack, I almost, if I didn't know any better, I would go so far as to say that many of the songs that we have played for you today, you aren't necessarily as opposed to as much as we are. If by opposed, you mean I am not hopelessly and relentlessly cavalier. In my anti-Catholic, anti-Semitic sentiments, then yes, I suppose you could say that. I don't know there, Jack. You seem very progressive and forward-thinking in your ideas, and we here try to be products of the time and just relish the anti-Semitism and flagrant uh, just anti-religiosity here that is, uh, is commonplace here in 1934. Well, I suppose that's just me coming from Los Angeles and from other parts of New York. Los Angeles. I hear that's Spanish for the Angeles. I'm impressed you know that much. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have had a fantastic time here on the Song Topsy Report have Variety we? Hour. Nobody I... went and told me. Listen here, Jack Benny. If you don't think being on this show is a cat's pajamas, then I think you're just a washed-up quiff. That's it. What is a quiff? I'm glad you asked that, Jack Benny. I immediately regret asking this question. A uh, quiff is a cheap prostitute. I am completely shocked that I didn't know what that word meant, but you did. Unfortunately, folks, that is all the time that we have here today for the Song Topsy Report Variety Hour, sponsored by Lucky Strike Cigarettes. Uh, Ace, do you have any other final words you'd like to tell the lovely people at home listening? Ah, yes, look... If uh, anyone wants to ever call in or sell us a telegram, let us know what your favorite place to smoke a Lucky Strike is. Lucky Strikes. They make you less hungry, so you don't need to eat. I wonder how many people have a telegram machine. Telegrams, telegraphs. Telephone. You can also utilize the U.S. Postal Service to send us a letter, if you wish, and we will read it on air. 
And I the, mean, if that's where your head is at, they might as well be using the Pony Express. And the letters you want to send can be sent to the mailing address, thesongtopsyreport at gmail.com. Nobody's going to say anything about that. <laughs> and Mr. Jack- I love that street. Gmail.com. Great Gmail.com street. is a lovely street. I uh, stroll there very often with your wife. Mr. Uh, Jack Benny, do you have anything you want to talk about? Are you, uh, Once again, you, you say you are someone important, but I cannot say I'm familiar with any of your work. I'm not entirely surprised that you are unfamiliar with my work, given that my work tends to be on the radio and in the fledgling medium of television. And it doesn't surprise me that the two of you don't have access to either of those conveniences. Well, I guess we can go fuck ourselves, huh, Ace? Looks like it's like... That's essentially what I was getting at, yes. Well, Mr. Benny, I'm sure you will be lost to the annals of time, while the Song Tops Report Variety I will be remembered for decades. Yes, no one's going to remember who Jack Benny is. Especially not two out of the three co-hosts of a possible future iteration of this very program. Well, that is certainly all the time that we have today here for the Song Topsy Report Variety Hour, sponsored by Lucky Strikes Cigarettes. Lucky Strikes Cigarettes. Their cigarettes. Give me that copy back over there, Mr. Benny. Uh, but once again, I am Slick Bridge. I am Ace Adams. And I'm gonna go sue my agent for defamation of character. And the Song Topsy Report Variety Hour will be back next week. We will see you then. <laughs>